0: Kaylee, did you know that Razzlecon's rap anthem for misfits has over three hundred fifty thousand views on YouTube?
1: I did not. It's hard to believe, but I do know that at least ten of those were from our producer. <laughs> so, in this um, in this hack, a New York man admitted to being the original hacker of. Bitcoin in the 2016 hack of Bitfenix, uh he pleaded guilty in federal court and along with his wife, Heather Ryan and Morgan, his name is Ilya Dutch Liechtenstein. And yeah, they've pleaded guilty to conspiracy to launder the stolen cryptocurrency and his wife uh, also helped him hide some of that loot. <laughs>
0: So these are two pretty big pleas. Um, And I guess until that admission that Lichtenstein made in court, it was never publicly known that it was these folks who had hacked the Bitcoin from the cryptocurrency, from Bitfinex, that crypto exchange. Um, But yeah, the DOJ said they seized more than 94,000 Bitcoin out of the more than 119 hacked Bitcoins. A pretty good return they were able to make on that so another example of the doj actually going out and being able to really get this stuff back uh that was you know pretty good for law enforcement but man that at the time that seized crypto was worth 3.6 billion the largest seizure in the history of the doj yeah what do you do what what do you do with this money
1: (laughs) well um i mean from the doj's perspective i suppose they'll give it back to Bitfinex if it works out, but I don't know. Um, I'm not sure what Liechtenstein and Morgan were doing with it other than making um, incredible rap videos, incredible used in a side eye way.
0: <laughs> All right. So it's everyone listening. It's 100% worth it for you to uh, look up at least one or two of these videos by RazzleCon uh, also known as the crocodile of Wall Street um, she faces you know about five you know maximum i think of five years in prison based on the plea but um while her prison sentence when given will eventually end, these videos frankly are punishment enough and will last forever uh, <laughs> uh, on the internet it's It's very rare right with we're almost sort of comfortable these days, and like there's very little that we see on the internet that can shock us but Kaylee. When I first saw this video, I thought I, it was one of those things where, like, I immediately wanted to send it to many others because you right. don't see a lot. There's like very rare that I get stuff where I'm like, I have to stop what I'm doing and send this to people.
1: <laughs> it's it's very interesting, <laughs> that's for sure. I don't know. I I I don't know who allowed that to happen, but I guess thanks to them. <laughs>
0: There's a, there's some great irony to the story. Um, okay, according to the the press releases and news coverage of this, that the the two the married couple, uh, they they took some of the the crypto, and they converted it to gold, which is yeah. like in some ways the opposite, right, of what crypt, know. you know crypto is supposed to be. This really cool international, you know, quick moving, and it does. You know, I I, I get the argument for it, but. Gold is the opposite, right? It's the idea of like storing it underneath the, the, you know, burying it in your backyard, which is what I think they might have done. They they buried it in various locations, yeah. Um, and and I guess some of those locations are now known to law enforcement, so they might have further recoveries.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I, <laughs> just- I I thought it was interesting, just in general the the actions that they took to try to hide things. Um, I read one article about it that said that. They were accidentally tipped off um, that they were being part of a criminal probe because the company took too long to process the nondisclosure order, so they ended up tipping off Liechtenstein
0: oh, <laughs> that, that
1: they were being looked into, and they threw one of their computers down a garbage chute.
0: It's <laughs> good. That's good. If, if you, oh man, just yeah. There are many hackers listening who probably know that that's not the correct way to it's dispose like, of electronic evidence.
1: Facepalm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I but I just I love the idea that they committed a 21st century crime and then stored the proceeds by burying gold, which is like a what a, a pirate would have done in right. the 18th century. <laughs> that's what I was
1: going to say it's like a pirate.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! So yeah, apparently uh, Netflix has commissioned a series on the couple. Um, now, look, I'm a lawyer, but I'm not that kind of lawyer. Uh, but I will, But I kind of want to know, like, who gets paid? Like, does, Who gets paid when Netflix has a story? Does they have to pay anyone? Do they license it from the criminals? Do they license it from the victims? I, I don't know how that works out, but I'm, I would like, uh, if any of our listeners know the answer to that, let us know um, through our socials for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, folks, I'm your host, Jack Clabby. I'm a cybersecurity attorney at Carlton Fields, PA. And With me, as always, is Kaylee Melton. Kaylee's the vice president of U.S. remote publishing teams at Before. After a short break, we're going to chat with Courtney H. Jackson. Courtney is the CEO of Paragon Cyber Solutions. She's a person who isn't afraid to hit you with those back-to-back draw fours in Uno, from what I hear. In other words, she's going to do what it takes to win. We'll be right back.
2: Welcome to No Password Required, a monthly conversation that introduces you to some of the top talent in the world of cybersecurity.
0: Welcome back. Our guest is Courtney H. Jackson. Courtney, welcome to No Password Required. Thank you for having me. So, Courtney, can you give us a breakdown of your career path and where you started and how it led you to finding uh to, to found Paragon Cyber Solutions?
3: Happy to. So I uh, started right out of high school. I joined the Navy. And I was a radio man initially as my MOS, but they merged it with something called a data processor. So I became an information systems technician, so IT essentially. And that was my introduction to the world of IT. I did one term in the Navy. I got out and got a job at a help desk as my first, you know, non- a military job, and I worked my way up from there. I've held every possible position, uh, network admin, admin, security analyst, um, security program manager, and eventually got on the executive track after many years of working in the field. And my last job before I founded Paragon was a chief security officer for a government contract company in Maryland, outside of D.C.,
0: and what brought together the decision to sort of found your own thing?
3: So during that whole time, you know, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me. Uh, you know, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't really have anyone to look up to. And I found it pretty hard to excel in the field. But once I got to the executive level, um, I worked for that company for a couple of years. And I was working right alongside the CEO and I was doing a lot of, Um, I became the point of contact for the customers, for our team members. I was still on contract doing cyber work. And I was like, so if I'm doing all this for someone else, (laughs) right, (laughs) like why not, you know, just jump out there and do it for myself. So it took me a little bit, you know,
0: to get the courage to take the leap. But once I did, I I haven't looked back since. Courtney, that to make that leap. I mean, I, I think a lot of people in their minds listening might think I could do that or I could do my own thing. I'd love to be my own boss, but they don't make that leap. What was it? What was it that got you there? Like, did you you read any books? Did you talk to anyone or did you just kind of do it and figure it out? (laughs)
3: Like
0: a a good pep talk or something? (laughs) I don't know, because there's so many people who probably have that idea, but then don't do it.
3: Honestly, I'm somewhat of a risk taker, you know, and and for me, it just got to the point where it would have been worse if I didn't at least try. I, I got to the point where I'm like, I have to at least give this a shot. And it wasn't really a decision. It was like, you must do this type thing. So once I got to that point where it wasn't just like a dream or desire, I'm like, hey, I have to do this. That's when I decided to take the leap of faith.
0: And could you just let us know a little bit about what Paragon does?
3: Absolutely. So we provide uh, information, security, and technology services to help strengthen our customer security posture, uh, primarily under security assessments, uh, risk assessments, and security awareness training. And to help them reduce their risk of cyber attack.
0: How much are you doing? I mean, you're the you're the person there, right? And it's really your organization. How much uh, is management now on your desk, and how much is you working directly with the customers?
3: So my customer engagement is more sales BD. I'm not the practitioner, hands on keyboard person anymore. Okay. Um, I have really smart team members for that. So yeah, I'm, I'm mostly you know strategy and sales and, and stuff now.
1: Did you start with a team or did you start off completely on your own? No, I
3: was solopreneur. I started on my own. So I was the the person then, um, primarily doing virtual CISO work. So, you know, I, primarily we do a lot of governance, risk, and compliance work. So um, I leveraged my experience with that and worked with clients that way until I, I built up enough work to where I'm like, okay, I can't do all this alone. And I brought on one person got more work, brought on another person. (laughs) And um, so eventually we secured a contract with MacDill, a government contract. So um, then I brought on more people and it's been organic growth, but it's been really sustainable. That's very important to me.
0: Once you began having that success, did you ever connect with a mentor or uh, connect with anybody else to kind of help you figure out how to grow this company or was that organic too?
3: A mixture. So it, it was organic, but I definitely, you know, have a couple of mentors now. Um, even one that's right here in Tampa, and she had hundreds of millions of dollars in, in government contracting at SOCOM, which is our biggest customer. So she's a great mentor and resource for me.
0: So so Courtney, you know, it sounds like you, you had worked for a government contractor before your, your current uh, role with Paragon. When you were in the service, had you had any touches with contracting or government contracting, or did you learn that all in the private sector?
3: No, I learned all of that in the private sector.
0: So that you have this company that's set up and you've got, now you've got people working for you. You've got real contracts, big contracts. Is there anything that you've done differently? Say if there's someone like you coming up who didn't have someone like you now, is there anything you do differently to mentor people or to otherwise try to change things?
3: Hmm. So I think there are so many more resources now, even outside of mentorship, but organizations. So um, like SBA is everywhere. They actually helped me a lot as a small business. Um, And then they also have, well, they're called Apex Accelerators now. It used to be called PTAC. But for anyone specifically interested in government contracting, they have an entire group and resources that are available at no cost under SBA. Um, I would definitely recommend anyone interested,
0: utilize that. I'd say the, the SBA, the Small Business Administration website is fantastic. And i recommend it. I'll recommend it to folks who ask about cyber readiness and, you know, uh, security assessments. And even like, they even have like formats of incident response plans that yep. small businesses can, can accrue to. So it's, yeah. it's just not, it's a great, it's a well-run government website. I agree. Really, it really is. I agree what was was there a moment when you went from being you know pretty sure that you did the right thing by going out on your own to you know damn right starting my own cyber company was the best decision?
3: <laughs> I would say um, when I made my first hire, um you know when I was working as a consultant, it was different. It was just me. I didn't have to you know worry about anyone else, just solopreneur consultant, and I made my first hire. And that person, I was because of the work that I had, I was able to give them a really good opportunity. They got a pay increase. And I was able to make an actual direct impact for that person. And that was a really good feeling. I'm like, OK, I want to feel more of this. So now every time I bring someone onto our team, I look at, you know, is it ideally a step in the right direction for them to excel their career, whether that's salary, whether that's the role and responsibilities Um, But that first time for me, I was like, okay, yes, I I love this feeling.
1: I love that that's your response, (laughs) you know, like so many people might say, oh, well, the first time I got a big paycheck personally, but I love that for you, it was getting to make a difference in other people's lives and the team that you're creating.
0: Thank you, Kaylee. How do you approach recruiting for employees?
3: Whew. Uh, recruiting is tough, Jack, especially now, (laughs) you know, post-pandemic. So 80% of our work is government contracting, meaning people have to have security clearances, right? But post-pandemic, there's so many people that want to work remotely. So they want to sit at home with the top secret clearance. It's like, no, like you have to meet these customer sites. So having to compete with those remote jobs, you know, has been tough. However, um, one thing that's really helped us is we've partnered with, Hiring Our Heroes and Skill Bridge. So those two programs have transitioning service members and it helps them because they don't, you know, it's it's scary transitioning from the military to the civilian world. But then for us too, it's it's like a trial run for both of us to see if it's a good fit. And so far we've had great success with that program where we brought people in and not only did it help them with the transition, but we were able to recruit a really strong person to add to the team. So that that's really helped us a lot.
0: That's great. I know Paragon Cyber Solutions also has like a a formal apprenticeship program for cybersecurity. And that's even, is that the same thing as the SkillBridge program or is that something different?
3: It's different because it's not for military. Um, The apprenticeship is geared towards people that have an interest in getting into cyber, but they don't have any prior experience.
0: And I think it's even, you guys are even approved by the Federal Department of Education, right? Yes,
3: we are in the veteran affairs for the VA too. Yes, it is how, an approved
0: apprenticeship program. How did you how do you go about doing this, something like that?
3: It was a process. I worked with a nonprofit <laughs> organization in DC, Urban Institute, and honestly, they helped walk me through the process. And the driver for it, I mean, fortunately, I've been in IT twenty plus years, right? Okay. But we know now cyber is all the buzz. So many people want to get in the field and people get a degree and or certification. And they're like, okay, I'm ready for a cyber job, but they don't have any experience. So as an employer, it's like, okay, you don't have any experience. It's great. You check those boxes, but there's a gap there.
0: Yeah.
3: So that that was a driver. I was just kind of literally Googling like apprenticeship programs and things like that. And that's how I got connected with Urban Institute. And they're the ones that told me about, hey, there's like, we can help you get a formal approved apprenticeship program through department labor, department education. I said, really? Um, It was just a lot of paperwork, honestly, that had to go into it and formally drafting what the training plan looks like and all that and a lot of approvals. I mean, that whole process took probably about eight, nine months from start to finish.
0: Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. How, how has it been since it's been in place?
3: It's been great. I mean, you know, full disclosure, we're since we're a small business, we're limited on the number of apprentices yeah. that we can put on. We have a very long wait list of people that want to join, but um, the people we have been able to bring on is made a world of difference for them.
0: Courtney, I love that that the story starts with a Google search that you do to try to figure it out. But I I have to imagine giving your extraordinary training that your Google searches are a lot more complex than mine would be. (laughs) You probably know, you probably know all the secret, all the secret (laughs) codes to put in.
3: Google, you know what? People interviewing like Google is legitimate answer. Like resource Google, like there's nothing wrong with saying that. And some people are, You're like, oh, I hate to say that. Why you're resourceful, right? Like you're seeking information. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that.
0: It's true. It's like sometimes you need the hundred percent answer, and sometimes you need the eighty-five percent answer. Or there's ten right answers, you just need three of them. You don't need all ten. Exactly. Right. This is like uh, in the old days. You know, just ask my mom the answer to to something that was going to be on a test at the dinner table, and whether (laughs) whether she knew it or not, I was going to use that the next day, and I'd be like, oh. Good enough for a B plus, <laughs> but that's extraordinary. That, that that I mean, I think there's a lot of that being able to take uh, take advantage of actual opportunities and existing resources that are out there. And it sounds like you've done that to build your business, which is really really extraordinary and, and a great thing to hear. Thank
3: you.
0: So you've uh, we're not obviously the only people who feel that way about you and your success. You've been named a 2023 Businesswoman of the Year honoree a Global 2022 Cybersecurity Women Entrepreneur of the Year. Uh, Can you talk a bit about your experience in in winning those awards, what that was like?
3: Yes. So you asked me earlier, like those kind of moments where you're like, I made the right decision. Uh, Definitely that, right? Like, you know, you're doing good and you feel like you're doing good. But when other people not only start to take notice, but actually recognize you, You know, for the things you're doing, like those moments for me, each of those awards were just like, wow. Wow.
1: Um,
3: I don't stop a lot to kind of, and people tell me, like my friends, they're like, oh, you're so humble. And I don't really look at, oh yeah, I've done this and that, you know? So, but receiving those awards, I literally pause like, wow, like that, (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, like so for, to talk about each of them, the business woman of the year, uh, the Tampa Bay Business Journal, you know, that. That's huge for me because I love Tampa and the fact that that was awarded in my area. Um, you know, the things I do in a community, yeah. the fact that they're so supportive and the recognition, that was huge for me. Yeah. And, you know, the year prior for the um, Cybersecurity Woman Entrepreneur of the Year, there were people in that category in other countries. Like um, That's amazing. It was very exciting because I didn't find out until the week of Black Hat when I went to Vegas for the award ceremony. So they had the top three <laughs> finalists, right? <laughs> they had the card, you know, like, and, and put our pictures up. And, you know, you're like wow. sweating, looking like. <laughs> and the winner is. And it felt like it was like a 10-minute pause, it felt like. <laughs> and then my picture comes up with my name. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you know, like. <laughs> That was uh that was very exciting, you know. Initially, I'm like, man, I have to wait all that time to find out. But having wow. that moment, you know, of suspense wow. and then the big reveal, it was just like, oh, this is so cool.
0: That <laughs> so. is that is very
3: cool. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, so that, those two were great.
0: Oh, that's and that was at, that was out at Black Hat. That's where that is? that's really cool. Okay. It was
3: the week of Black Hat. Um, wow. The war ceremony, just because there's so many cyber people there that week. It's amazing. Um, Yeah, every year they do the award ceremony at a a hotel ballroom there. Okay.
0: Wow. So you you mentioned the Tampa community, and I know that you're involved in several different Tampa causes. You know, what have you learned while you've been out there making a difference?
3: I have learned that there's a lot of support for small businesses here. Um, Being that I spent, so I'm originally from Michigan, and then um, I spent most of my government contracting time in Northern Virginia and Maryland area outside of D.C. Okay. Been in Tampa five years. And being involved with the different organizations has just been so eye-opening. One, that there's so many here, right? And two, just the the level of support. So I I literally know our mayor. I mean, (laughs) that is is unreal. And that was through the Tampa Bay Chamber of Commerce. Uh, We had a a ribbon cutting scheduled for the office and through the chamber. And they're like, Hey, um, would you mind if, if the mayor were to attend, would you mind changing the day and time? Like, uh, no, <laughs> is that even a question? Like whenever she can come, we'll do it then, you know? And the fact that she was even interested in coming and showed up and we talked and she's been a huge supporter ever since. Like, and that was year, wow. a couple years ago. Where else would that happen? Like, yeah. So it's just, I'll tell anybody. Like, I absolutely love Tampa. <laughs> um,
0: it's but you're the story that everyone's trying to tell about Tampa, right? Bringing professionals down here, people who are opening businesses and hiring folks. I mean, you're you're the story that Tampa, the city, is telling. So it's it's absolutely mutual, um, the, the feeling. I mean, in, in you picked the five years of fastest growth, probably for to, to be here in Tampa. Um, what, right. what do you see for, what do you see for the future? You know, do you think that this can continue to grow the way it has in Tampa, particularly for cyber and for high tech sort of jobs?
3: I do. I, I believe it's going to continue to grow here as well as a uh, government contracting community as well. I, I think it's all going to continue to grow in this area. So we're now in the running for, uh, the Tampa Bay chamber small business of the year. We're a finalist. Wow. That's uh, amazing. So we found that out a few weeks ago. Uh, we don't find out until see just like the other thing I told you, about. (laughs) listen, we don't find out until November at the award ceremony, if we win or not.
0: So so I don't want to jinx it because I I think you have to go in prepared to win. You got to have your speech ready to go all sorts. But like, like when you were out at, at, you know, when you're at the ceremony for, um, cybersecurity woman entrepreneur of the year, or you're getting ready for this one for the, for the chamber. Do you have like a polite clap ready or like a face ready to make in case you don't
3: <laughs> You know, it's funny. You asked me that Jack, like literally. So I try to vision things, right. You know, you manifest yeah. things. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, close my eyes. I can hear our company, you know, name. Right. But then I had this one vision where it was the other company in the run. I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> 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 but yes so once, I was like you know that that could happen so yes because I you know yeah I'm prepping myself for it to go either way obviously I want to win but I realize <laughs> you know it it may not happen so
0: <laughs> did does winning like does does winning an award like a national or international award like that does it change your life did, did it did you feel like it changed your life in some way
3: it did I, I think a lot okay. more eyes were on me after the the global one last year for sure i got more followers more people reaching out um definitely
0: yeah all right what about like does it increase your coolness profile with your kids or family or anyone like that like
3: my kids right okay. <laughs> yeah well my mom <laughs> she's like my biggest supporter so she she's just happy about everything uh <laughs> My kids have a you know ten year old, sixteen year old, uh, two girls, and yeah, they they're excited about it every time. And my ten year old, she tells me I'm cool when this stuff happens, but not outside of that. So I'm like, so I'm just not cool in general. <laughs> Only when I when I I don't know. I was pretty cool mom, but
0: yeah, you're like doing secret stuff for the government, right? Like that every day is cool, right? right? But then, but then right. it's like, yeah. It's funny. It's like all the things you do, and then you get you, know, you get a free T shirt from a, a, an expo you go to, and you come home with the T shirt, and the kids are like, "Whoa, free free T shirt! You must be really awesome." i was <laughs> like, "But I did this other cool thing today too. I don't want to hear that. I want the T shirt." You know, Tampa has obviously has McDill here, which is useful for so many folks who are who are in the industry, but also because it has McDill here. If folks are transitioning out of the service, there's an opportunity to hire sort of directly out of those, those, uh, those roles. I mean, what what sort of uh, advice would you give to someone who's in the military and is thinking of leaving to go to the private sector to help make that transition easier for them?
3: I would say definitely leverage all their resources. Um, okay. The chamber has uh, helps transitioning members a lot, but then the, you know, hiring our heroes and SkillBridge, I mean, so yeah. those programs allow them to actually work with a company while they're still active duty. Yeah, that's so that that's the best. Like they're still in, but they're getting a taste of the outside world, and I think it just better prepares them for the transition.
0: Yeah, that that, that that's a really good co- cooperation on both sides, both the private and and the military yep. side of things to make that work and. If you're in the military and you're thinking about it, you've got to reach out to them, right? I don't think they reach out to you uh, to make that happen. That's so
3: amazing. hiring our heroes is a little different. So they they okay. blast out resumes, but um, SkillBridge, okay. yes, the the people have to seek out the companies.
0: Okay, but um, and if but if somebody wants who's in the service wants to reach out to hiring our heroes, they can do that, right? They don't have to wait. Absolutely to be tapped. Okay. Yes. What you know in terms of now that you've been on the private sector for so many years, are there any lessons that from your time in the military that you return to time and again that have that have helped you?
3: Uh, I would say one of the main things in the military I utilize now is adaptability. Okay, um, things change so frequently in the military, and you're you're just told to do it. You have to do it. There's no questions. Yeah. You know, there's really no yeah. option. You know. Um, <laughs> think you're going in, it's going to be a certain day and then things come up. So it's like that with, you know, running a business too. Like, yeah, I have my calendar, right. But things come up that you don't expect and you just kind of have to shift, reprioritize. Um, I definitely, yeah, definitely learned that in the military and that helps me my day to day now.
0: That's something like when you, when I, sometimes I try to think, okay, the night before, what is tomorrow going to look like? Right. And then at the end of that next day, I think, how I do? Did I predict what my day was going to look like or not? And almost always it's 50% more, right, of a variance of between what I wanted to accomplish and then what ended up happening. It can never exactly. get
3: through. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Do you think, had you not done the military, do you think you still would have found your way to cybersecurity?
3: I don't think so.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah, I mean... Back then, I'm Asian myself here, but like we had word process. I had a brother word processor and it was everything <laughs> back then.
0: <right>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, absolutely. Um,
3: I didn't know what, you know, that MOS, when they did the the merge and they kind of selected me for IT, right? I didn't know yeah. what it was at the time, but once I was introduced to it, I 100% stayed in it and, and grew there. But I don't know if I would have been introduced to it, you know, had I not gone to the Navy yeah. and and assigned the role—that's kind of
1: amazing. Like you—you know—we're talking about how much of a difference and how much impact you've had on the industry, and maybe we wouldn't be ha- having this conversation with you if if you weren't introduced that way. It's really mm-hmm. cool how coincidences like that can end up defining the rest of our lives.
3: Thank you. That—that that is.
0: Uh, Courtney, I have to ask. So. On your personal website, there's a, a really cool photograph of you and Oprah Winfrey. Can you can you tell us that, that that's like an amazing thing? Can you tell us <laughs> the, the story behind that photo?
3: I'm happy to. So, <laughs> oh, this was years ago uh, when I was in you know Northern Virginia. Uh, Oprah, I think it was the Life You Want tour that she did. I think that was the okay. name of it, and she came to DC. My mother loves Oprah. I mean, who doesn't? And yeah. um, Just so happened that tour was during my mother's birthday. And when I looked at the tickets, there was an option to purchase a meet and greet with her. Oh, nice. So I got two tickets for the meet and greet from my mother and I. And I'm like, okay, what is this meet and greet? You know, like, are we really going to get to meet her? You know, (laughs) (laughs) because we watched her on stage first and for all these people. But yeah. So they gave us like backstage pass. They had a room and she Uh came in and spoke to everybody. You know, as a group, and then they said, "Okay, we're going to line you up, and then you could take a picture with her." Yeah, my mom went ahead of me. She could barely talk, oh. and she's like, "My mom," oh. I was mean, like, "My daughter brought me, and that's my daughter, and I love you." And <laughs> that's <laughs> so awesome. Set the stage, so when I come, Oprah literally has her arms open, and I'm just like, "Oh, oh my <laughs> gosh!" Like, <laughs> Oprah, <laughs> and she hugs me and I'm like, you are, you're amazing. So I wasn't an entrepreneur then. Okay. I mean, I'd only imagine what I'd ask her now, (laughs) but (laughs) I was just a fangirl then. It was just like, you're amazing. Oh my gosh, we're here. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that was, yeah, I will literally never forget that.
0: That's like when you think about experiences and not things, you know, that sort of talk, talk, thing that people talk about now about how we want to, we want to create our lives. Like that is one of those experiences that can't be replaced by a thing, right? It's just such a neat opportunity to do it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: And that's always, whatever my mom and I talk about the sad state of politics in this country, my mom always says, why doesn't someone like Oprah run? That's always her. That's always her. That's her person that she offers as a well-meaning, very smart, neutral person who could probably do really good. But why would they right? Why would they, right. they have they, they're doing a lot in their current role to be helpful. They don't need to, to put themselves through that something horrible like running for national office. but uh, in my house that's in my growing up that was always the person who we, who we went back <laughs> yeah. to. Why can't Oprah run? Um, all right well uh, the uh, after a short break, we'll return with our lifestyle polygraph. Stay with us everyone.
2: You're listening to the No Password Required Podcast. We cover cybersecurity and a lot of other stuff.
1: Welcome back. As many of you know, the Lifestyle Polygraph is a test used by the federal government to determine if a person is worthy of learning some of our nation's most important secrets. Here, we use this technique for slightly lower stakes to determine whether our guest can join our fantasy cybersecurity squad. Courtney, are you ready for the Lifestyle Polygraph?
3: Let's go. All right.
1: So first question, how did your risk taker mentality land you in the Tampa Bay area?
3: Oh, okay. Um, So my husband and I, we always moved for either the military or work. And we were like, okay, that aside, like, let's actually pick where we want to live. And we chose Florida, know the weather, want to escape the cold. And I lived in Jacksonville before, and he had lived in Fort Lauderdale. So we kind of went through the cities, and we said, let's try Tampa. Uh, we visited for five days, loved it, literally put in an offer on a house before we left. Hadn't even put our other house on the market. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend that. Wow. But <laughs> we lucked out, though. We Our other house sold really fast, so it, it worked out, but we didn't know. We didn't plan it that way, but... We found the right house. That's where we, you know, we're still there, so. (laughs) That's
1: amazing. Some serious (laughs) (laughs) trust. Yes. So, second question. You enjoy the show Lucifer, and if you were cast in a reboot of it, what part would you create for yourself, and what would your storyline be? Ooh.
3: Uh so I like the I like Phoenix. So I, I'd be Phoenix, right? Um, I think I'd be a mixture of the current characters. I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but like Maze is like this real tough. She's a demon. I don't want to be a demon though, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but the tough part, you know, like she is super tough. Nobody messes with her. Um, I like Lucifer because I like his sense of humor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, ironically. And I think I would time travel too, though. So i throw that in my character, you know, just kind of jump in and out of, you know, <laughs> decades <laughs> and <laughs> centuries when I felt like it. So <laughs> that would be my character.
0: I think like when, when people talk about like, oh, what, you know, what superhero power would you want? You know, and they talk about strength or the ability to fly or invisibility, right? Like those are often the big three ones. Mm-hmm. Ta- time traveling is an awesome one. Yeah, that people don't talk about enough. Yeah, that's a because it, it would like, you know I, I would. How many times are you curious about something that happened in history, and you could just go back and actually look at it and be like, right. "Oh, that's crazy that that was what actually happened." I think yeah. time traveling is a very cool and underrated superhero power. I Thank like you, that. Jack. I like that idea. I agree.
1: With Either that or flying, maybe, or teleportation.
3: Oh, that's a good one, Kaylee. Yeah, flying. I throw in my character, too. I'd be able to fly everywhere. Yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah.
3: I don't like traffic, so
1: Right, exactly. You just get anywhere. Just fly over them.
0: It would have to be foldable, either no wings or foldable wings, though, because I wouldn't want to, like, get the power to fly and then have, you know, like, big wings that I have to fold behind me all the time, right?
1: Yeah.
3: That would
0: be true. the one challenge. Yeah. Have
3: to be dangerous. Yeah. I agree
0: with that. And no, yeah, no more. You would, not, if you could fly there, you wouldn't have to go through TSA, which is nice too.
1: Yeah. That's what I was thinking. The wings wouldn't be good for airplanes, but you wouldn't need them. So. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Third question. When you hire a new talent, the number one trait you look for is adaptability. Can you give us a personal and professional example of your own adaptability coming in clutch?
3: Mm, um, personal the move. Yeah. I mean, because that was so unexpected. But then after we put in the offer and it was accepted, there was like there were like all these things we had to do to move from up north to here. Um. So yeah, I would definitely yeah. use that. Uh. Professionally. <clears throat> Honestly, every day as an entrepreneur, I mean, I, I could give like tons of examples of just things that have been thrown at me that I didn't expect, didn't foresee, but had to kind of like stand on my feet and, you know, figure it out. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's probably a good trait for any entrepreneur, but especially in cybersecurity, anything that has to do with tech, you can guarantee something's going to go awry that you didn't expect.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Count on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Question four. You're part of a competitive household, including two young athletes. When you're able to pull them away from their chosen sports for some family time, what board game brings out your family's competitive spirit?
3: Mm. Uh, definitely Uno. Oh. <laughs> Uno. Yeah. And, and the rules change every time. Like my 16-year-old is terrible about that. You no, know, if the rule if it worked in her favor, it was a current rule. But if it worked against her, that wasn't a rule. Like right. what? We just played that way. She just changes rules on the fly. <laughs> like, but I'm all
0: adaptability. There you go. Adaptability. The, yeah. the big, the biggest dispute in our house is always if someone puts down like a, a plus two, uh-huh. can can the next person instead of drawing two. Can they put down a plus two on top of that because it's the same card? And then does that bring – if that's allowed, does it bring a plus four to the next person? And I've always taken the position that you can't do that. But then my kids have recently started outvoting me where we play where a plus two, you can avoid it by throwing a plus two down. Then the next person can even throw down a plus four. So it then stacks eight. Have you guys ever faced this problem? How do you resolve it in your household?
3: I agree with your kids, Jack. I have oh no! Oh no! Plus oh, two no. down, and I have one. I'm playing it, and then that's four to the next person, right? Oh, but man. I, I do not think you should be able to put a, a draw four down on the, on the plus two though. I think it should be the same exact card. So
0: okay, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a fair compromise. I get it. So you' the, the rule, yeah. So the plus the plus two rule, it's the matching card rule. That you can put down the same of the same card down rule as opposed to just any plus card. All right, I could see right. that. I, that that actually makes a lot more yeah. sense than either of our theories. <laughs> I mean,
3: we put down a a draw four and then the next person put down a draw four. Like it's happened three times once. That's like twelve cards, like game over for whoever that is, right? <laughs> like you know, draw twelve cards. Oh, that's but, brutal. <laughs> we're very competitive too, so but it's fun, you know. It's very fun. <laughs>
1: Uno is such a great game. I don't know what it is about that game, but it's it's just so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a classic. It really is. All right. So last question. You also enjoy RV trips with your family. So through the miracle of podcasting, we're creating a scenario where you and your husband have no work, no personal duties for 30 days. And your kids are doing so amazing in school that they were also given a month off for other students to catch up to them. So in this scenario, which I want to take advantage of this uh, as well, this podcasting miracle (laughs) But in this scenario, describe your perfect 30 day RV trip in this alternate universe.
3: Oh, my goodness. Um, (laughs) Sign me up. That sounds amazing. Let's see. 30 days. We're all in the RV. Um, I don't know how far we drive. So this might be a little odd. I do like the RV, but I don't like really long trips. I I know the irony, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) We probably stay within like the 10-hour range. But I think we would, like, every couple days, go to a new location. Um, We're hitting the beaches. I like beach towns a lot. Um, So, Siesta Key, like, you know, places like that that have, like, the beach town. So, yeah, we'd hit those. Um, I like to discover new places. So, maybe each day we kind of pick a direction to go, you know, and each of us and kind of take turns that way. Um, Some beach time. Some park time. Um, I don't go to amusement parks a lot, but you know, we probably maybe throw Disney in there. Why not, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think that would round it out. Probably on the way back, you know, after being at all the beaches and different locations, have a little fun at Disney. Like, all right, guess it's time to go home now. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be that'd be amazing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I love all of that. Sign me up for that as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It is a you know, man. It's just even just to have the thirty days, right? Just to, just to do any. Yeah, that's what. Seriously, I'm just give me that more about that in yeah. the RV. Although the RV is pretty cool, I would just pretty much do anything else. Thirty days would be really fun. I love the idea of doing um, like cool towns in Florida because there's so many things on the map. It's such a big, it's such a big state, and there's so many places I have not been to. It would be really fun to do it that way. Like just kind of work your way around the outside edges of Florida, yep. going a big exactly. loop or something
3: like that. Exactly. Yeah,
0: I've I've heard a lot about you know like I've been to Tallahassee once just for work briefly. Like I've heard a lot about it. Like I'd love to go hang out in Tallahassee for three days and see what's going on there. You know? Yeah.
3: No itinerary. You know, like we just—that's literally us just picking. I, I don't like <laughs> it. Couldn't be okay. Days one to three here, and days four to six. Oh no! Like <laughs> I got to keep a calendar. I'm still at work. You know. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm still just be adventurous and try new places. So yeah, that, that would be great.
0: Well, Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, If our listeners want to get in touch with you, uh, what are some of the ways that they can find you uh, and do that?
3: Yeah. My website, CourtneyHJackson.com has uh, links to all my social media. So that's the best way. And, And thank you for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you today.
0: Thank you so much, Courtney. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. But first, Kaylee, what did you learn today?
1: I learned that if you don't see yourself out in your industry, that you can make your own way, uh, relying on adaptability, taking risks and resources that are available to you.
0: I, tell you. I learned about the apprenticeship program through the Department of Education. That is really cool that that exists and that small businesses can get access to that uh, and that there's some nonprofits out there that can help with that. So uh, we, we do a lot about workforce readiness here. And that is actually the first time I've I'd heard of that. And it's really cool that Courtney's company took advantage of that and figured it out as a path for folks to get into the industry. Yeah,
1: I so, agree. I think I think we have to at least mention that you also got your own own cleared up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that there was a third way. This I'm going to try way. this tonight with the with the UNO games, just to make sure that, right, that there's a resolution that doesn't require the sort of violence that sometimes occurs, (laughs) that there is another way. And I'm glad that Courtney brought me in potentially my family, that piece. Um, Well, so for the entire no password required team, I'm Jack Clabby. Thank you so very much for listening. And we will talk again soon.
2: Thank you for listening to the No Password Required Podcast. You can find us on social media at No pod. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the No Password Required Podcast. And if you know someone who might like it, please share it with them. The show is produced by Cyber Florida. And a special thank you goes out to our friends at Carlton Fields. If you'd like to learn more, visit our website, cyberflorida.org slash pod. All opinions expressed by the No Password Required Podcast participants are their own and do not exclusively represent the views and opinions of Cyber Florida.